1: It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing, it's the most wonderful time in eight years.
2: We just cannot stop playing that song because it really is the most wonderful time in eight years. Everything is now, so many things that were impossible are now possible. There can be a new birth of freedom and optimism and prosperity in the country, and uh, that's why we just we just keep playing that. We we love that song, even though it's uh, you know more of a the original song was was for Christmas, but uh, it is it is still applicable. Uh, My name is Greg Britton. I'm with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix. With the he's the chapter leader of Act for America in Corona, a nationwide grassroots national security organization. And this is Unite I E Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Of which our listeners are many. Yeah, both of them. (laughs) You know, when I was
3: listening to that opening song, Greg, it said kids who are protesting, which was true during the uh, election cycle. But now we have a different version of kids protesting. We've got the the congressional kids and we've got the media kids who are adamantly doing everything that they can do to uh, sort of derail
2: Uh, the Trump train, if you will. When you want to change the ruling class, you want to overthrow them, you want to take away their power and privilege, they're going to fight back as hard as they can. And uh, the campaign will be as tough and hard fought this year, if not more so, than it was just to, to get Donald Trump elected. I've said many times, is that the easiest part was getting the nomination. The second hardest part was winning the general election. The third hardest part is going to be actually to make America great again. Well, you know, the past
3: week, they seem to have done this whole Russia thing that this narrative about that started shortly after the election about Russia. It continues on in in new and different forms to the point to where all of a sudden some You know, some some arbitrary little dossier that has uh, admittedly by the media, absolutely nothing verifiable in it becomes the next thing that they throw out there in an effort to muddy the water as it relates to, you know, Donald Trump taking, uh, you know, control of the government. It's there's an I think there's another agenda, though, behind this, because it doesn't just have media fingers on it. It's got. Uh, you know, Republican fingers on it too. potentially John McCain and and, and others that
2: have it's right. uh, all started as opposition research, right? Uh, the, the, the Republicans assembled, then the Democrats assembled and they, they tried to they, they, they tried to market this to reporters who wouldn't publish it during the during the campaign because it was absolutely unverifiable. And it wasn't even more than that. It's one of the key parts has been shown to not be true. They alleged in this report that Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, met with the Russians in the Czech Republic. Well, it just turns out, one, he was in at USC at that time. And second, his passport shows that he has never been right to the Czech Republic. So they're trying to de- de- derail Trump and
3: Trump's agenda. And first up on Trump's agenda th- this week, we had the Senate Republicans launch their effort to repeal and replace Barack Obama's landmark health care law early Thursday morning, uh, approving a budget blueprint that they've dubbed the Obamacare repeal resolution. And there's a lot to this. And uh, we have a guest on the line who's going to help us to uh, unpack, if you will, this particular chapter of of.
2: Donald Trump's agenda uh, for the first 100 days. Yeah, we're pleased to have uh, as our guest today, James Arthur. He's with the Knoxville Tea Party, but he's also with an organization called Obamacare Truth Squad that uh, since Obamacare was enacted, has been trying to get out the truth of Obamacare and how bad it is, what its effects, and what are alternatives that can provide better quality medical care at a lower cost. And uh, incidentally, uh, James Arthur is the brother of Jeff Arthur, who was a longtime leader with the Newport Beach Tea Party, who has recently passed. And we're just so happy. James was telling me the other day that he started trying to read through Obamacare before it was passed. He made it about 20% of the way through it before they went ahead and passed it. And he was working diligently at it showing that these people did not read, did not know what was in the bill they passed. Welcome to United IE Radio, James Arthur.
4: Howdy Greg. Uh howdy Don. Good to be on with you guys.
3: Well it's great to have you here to help us to understand better, I think, uh now that um you know we're in this phase of Obamacare where we're looking at repealing and replacing uh everything that, you know, has gone on, um, shedding some light on not just the repeal process, but what does the replacement process look like? First of all, I guess um, help us out with uh, you know this repeal and replace process. You know, the Senate has to repeal it. They have they don't have the sixty votes, as Greg has uh, pointed out in the past. Is repealing and replacing, big picture, um, you know, going to happen in short order, or is this a longer term
4: prospect? Well, I was actually listening to Dr. Phil Rowe, who's apparently in tight with uh, Dr. Tom Price of Georgia, who's uh, the nominee for Health and Human Services Secretary. And uh, they're working closely together on this before the president-elect. And what he's laying out is they're going to very promptly do a repeal, uh, but the overall process is going to take some time. Uh, For a number of logistical reasons, for example, insurance companies are right now preparing their 2018 plans that they will submit in March for approval, hopefully, for 2018. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they won't be able to get everything done before that, probably. But probably the next year is when you would see it, uh, if they get really lucky. Maybe we'll have big changes in 2018, but it's going to take a while to unravel. What's the gist?
3: So the repeal is going to be kind of in limbo. We're going to continue with Obamacare until such a date as there's something below it to replace it with? Is that that how this will flush out?
4: Well, let's clear up a myth here. Uh, It's been a talking point that there's no replacement, there's no alternative. That is completely silly. There are a whole bunch of different ideas, and people need to agree on which ones they want to do in what order but <clears throat> the repeal is going to happen very rapidly, so they've just passed a budget which is a pro forma vehicle whereby they can repeal Obamacare. They can only repeal Obamacare through reconciliation the same way it was passed, which is a Senate maneuver well Senate house uh It only applies to budget bills, so now that they have a budget bill, they can put an amendment to repeal Obamacare in the budget bill and pass it with 50 votes, 51 votes. So they are acting very expeditiously to create the vehicle so that they can do this. And I think they will act very promptly to
1: uh,
4: repeal certain portions of it, particularly the Secretary of Health and Human Services has a great latitude to personally set the requirements that is the 10 essential health benefits that are currently required in Obamacare. Like, if you're a man, they have to offer you uh, lactation counseling <coughs> and mammograms. Well, you might not want to pay for that. And the, the Secretary of Health and Human Services can just decide to remove those requirements. So he can do that right away. Uh, <clears throat> well, they, can, they can act expeditiously on a number of fronts but not the whole thing
2: okay Obamacare is a mess and we'll talk about how much of a mess it is in, in our next segment but you want to be careful to not ameliorate this and make it palatable make it, make it something that okay well maybe we can live with it if you really, if you really want to repeal and replace it don't make it livable don't make it acceptable you, you really oh. need to uh get rid of it and come up with something much better. We're we'll going to be talking about that as well, what the alternatives are. Time for a message now from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with James Arthur and repealing and replacing Obamacare after this message.
1: Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer.
3: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. One of Donald Trump's big agenda items for the transition period in the first hundred days is putting a wooden stake through the vampire called Obamacare. And that process has started this week. The Senate met uh, in, an, in a late night session in order to create the, the the bag of bills that will the bill that will carry the repeal process for it. On the phone with us right now we have uh, James Arthur who is a contributor or involved in something called the Obamacare Truth Squad and you can learn more about what this organization has written about at ObamacareTruthSquad.com uh, They've got a website and as well they have a Facebook page and the Facebook is Obamacare is uh, Facebook.com forward slash Obamacare hyphen truth hyphen squad. And you can learn more about uh, them and the work that they've been doing documenting how horrible Obamacare is. So at, at this point in our conversation, we know that the Senate has begun the process. But really, I guess, uh, Greg, you were saying, let's explore.
2: Let's, re- let's remind people. Uh, of just how bad this is, and we mentioned that Nancy Pelosi had just said it's been successful in meeting its goals of reducing costs, increasing access, and improving quality of care. Three lies in one statement. Tell us why. Tell us why all those things are are false.
4: Well, that's that's an absolutely amazing Orwellian thing for the uh, House Minority Leader to say. But it's right up there with you can keep your plan and you can keep your doctor. Uh, <clears throat> frankly, a lot of people have not felt the full impact of Obamacare because most of the provisions have been delayed. If you have employer insurance, you haven't felt the full bite yet. But people on the exchanges have felt the full bite. And in my state, Tennessee, we had increases of 62% this year. Sweet. So I don't- How much? 62 percent
3: so that's nearly a double
4: and that's on top of last year when it was close to 40 percent i don't remember the exact number and even with those and those rates were actually needed because the obamacare insurance costs more to provide it has more coverage it has more requirements and fewer limits so all of that costs more right
2: Plus, on top of that, that doesn't even count the higher deductibles that have come with Obamacare that in many cases have just made the plans unusable. Yeah, you have an insurance, but if your deductible for your family is $10,000, it's effectively unusable for you.
4: And that's very common. It's, it's common to have a 6000 per individual deductible, and so you could have a 12000 or even 24000 for a family of four out of pocket. So it is not affordable, and, and that's on top of your higher premiums.
2: And then you have restricted access, so you may not be able to get the good doctors, the good hospitals. I would just read a report, a news report this week that there was a, a woman who had, was treating for headaches, and she had an ENT doctor. She was going to do surgery, changes her insurance. On her, on her Obamacare plan, she can't get the same doctor, but there's another doctor that her first doctor says, oh, yeah, he's good, goes to him, She can go to him under the second plan, under Obamacare, but the the Obamacare plan won't let this doctor do her insurance. And with her $7,000 deductible, she ends up having to pay for the insurance or the surgery out of pocket. There's Obamacare in action for you.
4: There's Obamacare in action. It's really very simple. What costs more, a policy that has certain restrictions or a policy with no restrictions?
3: Well, they've tried to pack as much into this. I mean, I guess the real lesson here is that anytime the government gets involved in something, it's the old Reagan adage, you know, we're from the government and we're here to help. Nothing ever has the uh, works out when government gets involved. And ultimately, had they just, you know, tweaked some things to, you know, get rid of the um, pre-existing condition limitation, get rid of the cap on most insurance policies, which was a million to two million, they could have done that with essentially providing some form of catastrophic insurance safety net, couldn't they?
4: Uh, I I would actually take it a step beyond that and say that most of the reason that medical care is out of reach now is because of government intrusions, particularly the tax incentives that give employers... Uh, a write off and not a private purchaser of insurance, so the employer gets a thirty percent discount uh, that's that's part of it uh the The bigger problem is called the third party payer problem, which is when somebody else is paying for the bill, the person purchasing the service or the the consumer doesn't shop and can't shop if they so there's no price pressure to keep prices under control so <clears throat> You don't want to get real technical, but the government meddling around with all of this has created these incentives and driven the cost sky high. I, I ta- believe that the cost of, of medical care could be half, could be half of what it is today. If, we just, if you just wanted to pay cash for most of your care, it could cost half. Wouldn't that be better?
2: Sure. I once asked my liberal brother, because 70 to 80 percent of health care costs are paid for by the government or insurance, and what would happen to the price of food? if the government or food insurance paid for 70 to 80% of the cost of food. And he goes, oh, it would go up. Duh. Well, we've seen what happened to college
3: education costs when you have all this free money floating around. What happens to the cost of college education?
2: Same thing. When you get the government involved, it's bound to be worse. Plus, you have have this government control. I mean, we we don't have time to really delve into it, but now you have the federal government controlling one-sixth of the economy. So there's, there's, I mean, that's just, that's just a threat to our republic and our freedom as well as
3: our health care. Well, let's chat with uh, James in our next segment about what the replacement and what the future of this looks like and what provisions should be a part of it and maybe in some of the draft legislation, what are some of the big changes. We're speaking to James Arthur. He is a uh, a, a part of something called the Obamacare Truth Squad. You can learn more about their uh, their analysis and uh, what's going on with this repeal replacement process at Obamacare Truth Squad squad.com and we'll be
2: back after a message from our sponsor for this half hour ed hoffman of wholesale capital corporation the place to go for your real estate lending needs residential and commercial more with getting rid of obamacare and james arthur with the obamacare truth squad after this message
5: hi this is ed hoffman president wholesale capital corporation your local direct mortgage lender We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE, broker license number 01147747, and California Financers Lenders license number 603-K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603-K610, and MLS 9873.
0: AM590 the answer.
2: Oh, welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are talking to James Arthur with the Obamacare Truth Squad today about how bad Obamacare is and and we're going to focus in this segment on what should we do instead of, how should we replace Obamacare. James.
4: Well, think about it like this. Which is, which is going to be cheaper? Suppose you give your money to an insurance company, and they make you fill out a bunch of papers, and then they talk to your doctor and make him fill out a bunch of papers or her, and then they go back and forth and chew up everybody's time, and then they give a little bit of your money to the doctor. That's scenario number one. And the idea is which is, which is cheaper, or you just give that money to your doctor. So if we could do that for ordinary care, if people just paid cash for their ordinary care, that's a lot cheaper than hiring all those middlemen. And Obamacare, rather than letting you pay your doctor directly, it puts every tiny little thing through that insurance process, and it adds bureaucrats and restrictions and rules. So Obamacare just inherently increases the cost, which is the wrong direction. The ideal solution would be, Patients just dealing directly with their doctors for their regular care. If you, and if you have a big catastrophic uh, medical situation, you have catastrophic insurance for that. It would be cheap. A catastrophic insurance company, uh, to, to service that policy, they don't have to have a room full of people who look over every pill you purchase and everything you do.
2: Do we have examples? Do we have examples of real world how this would work in practice, and people paying cash for medical services instead of running it through the government or running it through insurance?
4: Oh, sure, we do. And a lot of people like to point to elective surgeries like LASIK, the price of which has been coming down over time instead of going up. Uh, there's a, a great free market outfit uh, called the Oklahoma or the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, and they provide A great service with prices listed on the web that are about one-quarter to one-sixth of what it would cost to have an arthroscopy or uh, the the procedures. They list them right there on the website with prices like it were a restaurant, and that's the price. And it's one-quarter to one-sixth of these same doctors doing the same procedures in the hospital that they're also uh, practicing at. They have privileges at the, the local hospital. There is so much red tape. and the, Here's here's a clear real-life example that's a short one. So in my, in my travels, I met a gentleman who needed an MRI of his knee. And it was very difficult to get a price, very hard for him to shop. But he called the hospital, and after all this bureaucratic runaround, they gave him a price, $1,600. And he didn't like that, uh, but he had saved up the money no insurance. He was going to pay for it. He decided, you know what, I'm going to get one more quote. And he called the hospital down the street, literally down the street, and it was $1,100. So where do you think he went? (laughs) Uh, He had the exact same thing done for $1,100. And if we did that and acted like consumers, that first hospital could not charge $1,600. If that were publicly known... The price would fall to eleven hundred dollars overnight. Sure, and but if the, 11, oh, Go ahead.
2: If, if the insurance company is paying for it, or the government's paying for it, then who cares? Why does why would the patient care? Why would the patient spend his or her time shopping for the best deal?
4: Yeah, that's the exact problem. That's the insurance. Uh, it's called the third party payer problem. When you're not paying the bill, you tend not to shop as carefully, and you may consume more than if you were.
2: the bill. The Democrats are going to run, run, oh, you're not going to be able to afford your insurance. You're going to be thrown onto the cold, cruel, private marketplace for your health care. We can't have that. Well,
4: it's the, the problem of this, the whole problem is cost. And giving everybody free coupons for insurance that we have to pay for with taxes and subsidies, it doesn't make it free. To reduce the cost... We have to address the root of it, which is just let people shop for what they like and let them, and let them choose. So that's what I was describing. This guy shopped for a good, a, good, a good price, and then he found something that satisfied his requirements. You get people competing like this, and this whole problem could be 90% solved. Very quickly.
2: I want we're coming on a hard break here. I want to thank you so much for joining us and remind people you can find more information and ongoing information about Obamacare at com or search for Obamacare Truth Squad on Facebook. Great information that you also can share with other people. Thanks so much for joining us and thanks for all your great information.
4: Hey, thanks, you guys. Appreciate it.
1: Hillary's party's not hosting, they're no longer toasting. Beyonce, Kanye,
3: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire they're radio no program. No another week, another fire hose of information coming at us from the transition process, from Hollywood, from the Senate hearings on Trump's can- uh, cabinet uh, nominees, We'll be getting into all that in hour three of United IE Radio. I mean, if this is any indication of what this year has in store for us, it is going to be absolutely stunning. We do have um, something we want to remind our listeners about. Let's do this right at the top of the hour. Every year, the Unite IE Conservative Conference uh, happens during the spring. This year, we've got a date. We've got our first couple of speakers scheduled and the theme of this year, which is why I wanted to get to it, because we're talking about, you know, what's going on is the first hundred days. This hundred days promises to be some of the most event. I actually, Greg, when I when I was picturing what's going to happen after November, I I pictured this desert of news and stuff, people disengaging, the media kind of going. The exact opposite is happening.
2: Oh, no. And that's, that's Donald Trump. That I mean, he is he bound to determine, and, and he started working immediately on his transition and his plans. Didn't take the didn't, didn't run off to Hawaii on a taxpayer paid vacation or anything like that, like someone else did. Yep. Uh, to, to put together his administration and and his plans. He he got into this, I believe. Because he genuinely saw what was happening to the country, didn't like it, and wants to make America great again. Because he had a great life. He had all the money, he a beautiful wife, great family, right. uh, great business. He didn't He did A didn't brand, need a, an amazing worldwide this. recognized brand. He didn't need, he, he didn't need this. Right? He, he, did, he did it, in my opinion, because of his love of America. He had a university.
3: He had a meat company. He had a water comp. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, so this first 100 days promises to be extraordinarily event-filled. And it's going to be difficult for, you know, folks to stay up with because most people work. I work. You work. We all work. And then we try and, you know, eke out a little bit of uh, what's going on that's affecting our lives. And I think that this administration has the promise of being some of the most impactful in our daily lives – um, you know, already we're seeing the stock market go up. We're seeing, you know, consumer optimism go up. We're Small seeing... business
2: optimism is at all time, all time high, but it's been much higher than it's ever been. It's been in decades. So so this promises to be very event filled. So the theme of the conservative conference
3: on April 30th is the first Hundred days. So we've got some amazing uh, speakers that are lining up. We've got some great uh, inquiries out, some good conversations with potential speakers. But the first two that we have confirmed is one that is a stalwart at most. I mean, this is a name that most people. You know, recognize. Try to get uh, highly sought after. Dennis Prager, who is a nationally syndicated radio show host, he appears nightly here on the Inland Empire. His show is normally brought uh, record, uh, broadcast live at nine a.m. every morning. Uh, Dennis Prager is a great, uh, great thinker, great
2: mind. He understands how to simplify complex topics. Yeah, and he has this broad, and not just politics, he talks about the culture and religion. Uh, he does Prager University, which is a series of these five minute videos and all sorts of subjects and culture, right. religion, science, politics, econ- economics. And they're really intended to give people that are in the young people in particular, but for, good for everyone, uh, this information that you're just not going to get anywhere else. So we have Dennis Prager and we also have Larry Elder. Yes, was also a nationwide syndicated talk show host. And, uh, you know, just between the two of them, that's that's going to be worth the price of admission. Well, Dennis, you
3: know, Dennis Prager and Larry Elder. Larry Elder just got his you know, sort of voice back, if you will. He was uh, uh, sent out into the wilderness by KABC. Um And he has just come back, taking the country
2: by storm. You hear the reviews that he gets on his radio- do you listen to his radio show greg well i can i i do have right. I do have my day job when i 'm not here on united exactly. radio so what happens
3: on his on his daily show is he 's got an eight hundred number people call in and leave a message, and he 'll play those in the beginning of each segment and you 've got people calling in all across the nation saying. Oh, my God, what a what a breath of fresh air you are. You're unique. You're amazing. I love the way that you uh, articulate these points. Um, you know, I want to be like Larry Elder when I grow up.
2: Yeah, we tried that once here on Unite IE Radio, and some <laughs> lady called up wanted the cooking show. <laughs> exactly. So, Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, great
3: uh, great speakers for the uh, April 30th Unite. Uh, save the date because it's going to be a great event. It's Sunday. That's what we had to do in order to be able to get Dennis Prager a little bit of a different format from prior year's events. Uh, But this promises to be a great opportunity for conservatives around the Inland Empire to gather together and, you know, have an opportunity to connect, hear from some great speakers, connect with the groups that are part of the Unite IE coalition. Uh, It's a great day. So definitely get this on your calendar. Absolutely. So. In the remaining time in this segment, Greg, you know, I, I I'm reminded of Michelle Obama's uh, one liner at one of her speeches when she was admonishing uh, the her her the, the the listening audience. When they go low, we go high, basically saying that they you know that the opposition, meaning us, we go into the gutter. They keep they keep it high and they keep it uh, civil and they keep it. You know, on point. And if
2: you like your plan, you can keep your plan. And nothing could be further from the truth. We're seeing them go way low this week, right? And you have seen, that, I mean, in particular, this that the story latest that came out about uh, Donald Trump. I didn't know a story. It just made it just made up stuff that was so made up and so unsubstantiated that most journalists, quote unquote, journalists in the mainstream media wouldn't wouldn't even wouldn't even broadcast it, right. Until somebody, what happens is they wait until somebody puts it up on their website or somebody does something. Now they can talk about it because it's, it's, it's now in the news.
3: And it was so disingenuous. I watched a roughly 20 minute interview between Anderson Cooper and Kellyanne Conway. And Kellyanne Conway does a marvelous jike. Anderson Cooper is trying to play the we didn't do it. Uh, you know, we're all innocent card. And the mere fact that the, that they talk about it. Is all it takes. What the media understands is they don't necessarily need to print the thirty-five page dossier that you know lays all these uh, salacious allegations out. All they need to do is refer to it, and it gets legs. And that it's, it's almost like the permission. So you're right. They waited for BuzzFeed. You know, BuzzFeed was the first person into the deep, first media outlet into the deep end of the pool.
2: Right and so, so now, now you can now you can spread the now you can now spread that uh kind of uh, not information, but you can spread those lies and and it's even worse than that, not unsubstantiated, but one of the key allegations was that Trump's attorney Michael Cohen, met with the Russians in Prague, Czechoslovakia in August of two thousand and sixteen. Turns out a simple reviewing his passport shows he's never been in the Czech Republic. And when he was supposedly there, he was actually with his son at USC. And and they ran, and that was the story they ran
3: with without verifying it, without doing the the due diligence that they needed to do. In fact, this story apparently, this thing, this. Sort of intelligence for hire, it, you know, originated out of this opposition research. Search they company. tried
2: to create the Republicans hired this opposition research company to come up with information on Donald Trump, and then the Democrats did, and they compiled this 35 pages of you know what junk and shopped it around on various reporters who even who are vehemently anti-Trump, and it was so bad, so unsubstantiated, they wouldn't they wouldn't publish it until. They get one person, they get one media outlet to do a BuzzFeed, and now they can all run with it. Right. And, of course, that happens. The amazing thing, the the sequence of events
3: is actually kind of amazing because, you know, you have Barack Obama delivering his farewell address this week, right? It's well, gonna be, gonna really? Be, I missed. Uh, he, he had a speech right. this week? I know, right? On Tuesday. Shuck, I missed it. January the 11th, he's got this big, you know, farewell, you know, speech. It's going to be, uh, you know, his... Uh, big event the media built it all up and lo and behold buzzfeed decides to drop this bomb what was it monday Mm -hmm. and then tuesday it begins to grow legs you know you got cnn that starts commenting on it and then you've got the trump press conference on wednesday morning and of course that's the first thing they address when it comes out so just like you said Really, did he have a farewell address? This swan song of Barack Obama gets trampled on on Wednesday and everybody forgets about his, you know, farewell address. It's like it's 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 all
2: it's not even a footnote anymore. Of course, people would not have remembered his footnote, his farewell address much more if uh, absent all this stuff. That's right. I mean, do you really remember any Barack Obama speeches? Does anything have any lasting effect of, of anything he says? Well, no. You know, it's, it's amazing how, li- how little impact he's been able to have on pu- moving public opinion, even when he was popular. He couldn't generate. Well, he is Obamacare. popular. He
3: is popular. And I think his, his ability to give speeches is why he's popular, but it ends
2: there. Right. So, but he, can't, but, he can't, but he can't move, for example, Obamacare. Even when he had very high approval ratings, he could not move the public dial on Obamacare and get people to support it. And that's just one example. He had very he had little or no coattails as bringing along fellow Democrats, and in fact, one of the one of his role, one of his legacy, is just how fewer Democrat politicians there are: senators, congressmen, state uh, governors, state legislators. He's been you know, on that level. He's been great for the Republican Party.
3: He has been an amazing asset. And, uh, you know, the, this farewell address, um, you, you you begin to wonder what, you know, he's he's got to shore up the few things that uh, that he can. But there's so much damage that he's done. We've got to take a break from our sponsor for this half hour. Uh, we will be back with more about what's unfolded this week. Maybe we'll even talk a little Golden Globe uh, action with uh, Uh, Meryl strep throat, uh, who screeched out some things uh, that still are, you know, that's still getting talked about. We'll be back after a message
2: from our sponsor this half hour. All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the king's of rock and roll
1: On AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite, IE
2: Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we'll delve back into the fire hose of news information that we're were getting this week. Well, the week kicked off with a bang with Meryl Streep turning the gold. What do you
3: think the odds in Vegas were that the Golden Globes would turn into a political rally? Uh, probably pretty near 100. percent Pretty near, I would imagine. So, uh, I, I often wonder: did they or, do they orchestrate this kind of stuff? In other words, does somebody volunteer to be the person that's going to get up and do it, or does it just sort of happen organically?
2: I think it happens organically. And uh, you know, Meryl Streep was getting her Lifetime Achievement Award, so well, she was the one to do it, right? I mean, when was the last time she had a good movie? I don't know. I honestly
3: don't know. I mean, I, I, I pay so little attention to me. You know, I, I, when I watch a movie, it's chewing gum from my brain. When the movie's over, I usually forget about it, which is why when I watch a movie a second time, it's like watching it the first time. I pay so little attention to these people and what goes on in Hollywood because it's it's make-believe. It's
2: the land of make-believe. Oh, it, it is, but, it is so, but it's so important because that we've talked about the importance of the culture. It's... These movies, the television shows that's this underlying basis of the culture and which is which is as we know is upstream of politics as Andrew Breitbart said um, Bill Whittle talked about uh, in, in, in the speech it says you know if you here it's a bird, it's a plane it's superman you know that right, or if you just sit you know and you get another example, just sit right back and we 'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Gilgan's you know, Island. I mean, we it, 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 that that pro, that cultural programming is so embedded in us, and now Hollywood is doing this much more for leftist and Democrat political ends that they're embedding this culture. So, it's, so it's it's very very important. You know, in, in we, while you're mentioning this, I'm, I'm thinking again
3: back to Meryl Streep's. You know. Uh, comments when she said violence begets violence i know what she she meant that you know trump's a violent guy encourage people to be violent at his rallies look at the violence that happened blah 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 well if that's true if violence does beget violence does not hollywood have some culpability in creating violent movies that have an effect
2: and an impact in our culture uh, very possibly and you know, all these all these uh pro gun control hollywood celebs make these movies with uh, which are just wild shoot 'em up movies right so if 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 if
3: hollywood likes to revel in its self importance and thinks it's important in the country then why do they put out movies that are counter to their beliefs like violence like you know some of the things that 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 they do in these movies I, obviously i know that a lot of these thing, uh, themes that that run through these movies in, you know, sort of in in, in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They glorify their political positions and seek
2: to do that, particularly in in some of the television programming, right? And um, the Politic's book, they had their book, uh, which is "What Women Really Want," it gave us an example. And I don't watch I don't watch the regular television. I watch um, I mean, I'll watch Hannity in the evening or something, but they got other things to do. So, anyways. There's this one program. I don't remember the name of the program. You had two gay characters were talking about whether one of them should have an affair with a married man, and I go, I'm mean, I, I'm not often shocked by things, but to, to, to see that it had sunk to that level, and that's what that's what the kids are growing up with. That's what people. That, that's this cultural underpinning that we used to get with Superman and Gunsmoke, and right? With, and Matt, you know, Marshall Dillon and and Mayberry Grace. R.F.D. Right. That was, that was the underlying culture that people got. And now it's this. Yep.
3: Absolutely. So, you know, Merle Streep, you, you know, she starts off with, we're some of the most vilified people in America. I think that she should have stopped right there, rather than diving into the deep end of the pool with all the reasons why Hollywood is vilified and done a little self-reflection. Why are, is Hollywood vilified? Why do we care? I mean, I, I, I don't th- these people have no it's all self-importance the whole notion of an award show I mean it's all about self-importance it's just another way to promote Hollywood and what goes on in it and I don't even watch these things anymore the only reason I know
2: about Meryl Streep's comments is because it showed up in the news feed and it's also unwise from a business model I mean why, why do you want to go out there and insult half of your prospective customers and they're all, they're all Hollywood celebs. They may, they may be liberal. They may go to an Obama fundraiser, but they're not out there insulting half of their prospective customers. Right. Well, we need to take another quick break. Back with final thoughts after this message from our sponsor. All Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
3: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program where we pay tribute every Saturday at 4 p.m. to the most important political office, that of private citizen and encourage people to get off the couch, get in the game. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I am enjoying right now is the fact that we have sort of the wind at our backs. I'm seeing I'm getting the feeling that people are finding sort of their political backbone more than i think they would have otherwise do you get that feeling
2: i do and uh, it's a great example of that is what happened this past tuesday night uh the both the uh in rialto uh, one of their city council members named trujillo had had this meeting out there to consider being a sanctuary city and some of our patriot activists showed up to attend the meeting and the meeting was abruptly canceled well uh Trujillo walked around in circles for a while, totally dazed and unable to know what to do. So there was at the next Rialto City Council meeting on Tuesday, people were going to show up to talk about this. And in Victorville, because a Victorville City Council member had attended the Rialto meeting, right. planning oh, the intended meeting, and she also favored sanctu- being a sanctuary city. So some of our patriot activists went to Victorville, some of them went to Rialto. And the room in Rialto, I went to Rialto, the room was full. I saw a video, of, I saw you standing in the back. Yeah, I was I was where I was standing because it was standing room only. That there were that many people there. Uh, I ended I was in camera view because our uh, Gwyndal sixty one, our uh, unofficial uh, videographer of the of the revolution, is what was the touch I was just I was standing there in the, in the in camera shot for most of it. But anyways, we 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 had a whole bunch of people. Our people showed up and many of them spoke and. uh The Rialto City Council members, even if they were expressed some sympathy for illegal immigrants, were all along the lines, well, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize our federal funding. So it looks like that's not going to go anywhere in Rialto or in in, in Victorville, in large part thanks to people showing up. Well, absolutely. And the interesting thing about it, not only did
3: people show up to speak out against Sanctuary City, There's a very interesting person that showed up to speak out in favor of sanctuary cities. Someone, it turns out, whose whole goal in the Inland Empire even has a coalition uh, called something about the Inland Empire, uh, you know, unites for amnesty, marginalized people or amnesty. I don't know even what the title. Remember what the title was. He spoke. And one of the things he said that I thought was really telling is, is that. He said something about Rialto is eighty percent whatever the number is. People of color, right? What are you white people doing coming into Rialto to tell us what to do? Essentially, is what he said. You probably can tell it different,
2: right? It was almost celebrating. He said, "And and you, you you white people are all going to be dead in five years." Um, that, that might be overly optimistic on his part, but you know, basically, you know, we're the majority. Too bad. We're going to, you know, we're, you know, we're going to, we want illegal immigration. He's with this group called La Raza, which is. He is with La Raza. I yeah, know right. that. Okay. Which, which is Spanish for the race and whose motto is for the race, everything outside the race, nothing. Now it's interesting in the comments by the council members after the public had spoken when, uh, Joe Baca Jr. He, t- he says, well, I, I didn't like to hear racism. And which is often what the left says about anyone who wants to enforce America's immigration laws. But all the racial comments were from the other side, such as this one and this other loopy guy who was uh, talking about, well, we came here th- 45,000 years ago and we're all this, uh, we, you know, we all have the same blood. And everyone in anywhere in, in the northern or southern hemisphere should be able to live anywhere they want to, which would mean, which would mean that 600 million people could move to America. But, but, but the, so the only racial comments the entire evening were, were
3: from that from side, right? And the thing that the thing about what that one fellow said, if 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 you had a community that was eighty to eighty five percent white, and somebody from that community got up and said, "Hey, this is a white community, and we don't care what you guys that are you know people of color say,"
2: what what do you think would have happened to that person? A slightly different reaction, don't you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you, you you talk about privilege. White people are schooled all the time by these social justice warriors about check your privilege. Talk about privilege. These people, these social justice warriors like this guy that get up and talk race, the privilege that these people
2: exude puts me to shame. Right. But it was. Yeah. And uh, you know it's 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 tempting to dismiss them and and uh, or, or take them too seriously, but it is. Oh no! no. Uh, Don't you can't right? You can, you, you've got to take the. You can't dismiss them. You're right. I'll, I'll concede that point. But where I wanted to go with this in our last twenty seconds is. It was great to see so many patriots come out yes. on, a tu- on a rainy Tuesday night to a city council meeting and, and sit through all of this stuff. And many of them spoke. Some just came and showed their support. And that's the kind of stuff that we need because we can push back in these local jurisdictions and still accomplish something here in California. That'll do it for us. Congratulations
3: to the folks that came out to Rialto, Victorville, and there's other cities that are getting ready to do this too. We will be back with more next Saturday at 4 o'clock.